How's it going? Welcome to the program. Do all of your fellow patriots and everybody else there a favor. I know you want to give the system the finger. How about giving them this finger? How about just simply hitting share, like, thumbs up, whatever it is to get this program out there. We're going to have a very direct discussion on this program about what are we really facing right now? What are we facing out there? What are we looking at? What can potentially happen? Are we under predictive programming? Because nobody wants to get caught, right? With their pants down. You know what I mean. Nobody nobody wants to get caught off guard. Nobody wants to have something come out of nowhere one day and change your life forever, like you remember for all of us with 9-11. So I think it's very important that when I bring you my program every day, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., seven days a week. By the way, some of you ask, wait a minute, Jovan, I know you're on mountain time. You're in the mountains. Why do I do central time? Because Doing it central time, giving you the number central time is how it is 777. It's real easy to remember. It's like hitting the jackpot, 777. I look at what I do as my job to make you the smartest patriot in the room. Maybe to try to connect some dots, try to bring some sanity to all this mess that we're going through. And Lord knows it's a it's a mess. And we have to be thinking about things we've never thought about before. A, a good example would be, have you looked lately at what a new truck costs? Any of you looking at a truck? I'll give you an example. Even if you wanted to buy a used truck, so let's say you wanted to buy a diesel used truck for your farm, your ranch, or whatever it is. Did you know just in the used car space, used trucks that 10 years ago were one price are double the price today? A baseline truck is 75 grand. A truck where you want the four wheel drive or whatever is 100 grand. A brand new Suburban is $130,000. Things are changing, and, and so we kind of have to flex. I told you in a previous program about, you know, they're putting chips in our cars that have already been approved under the Biden maladministration. 
that will automatically turn off the vehicle, will render it useless. So part of the flex we think about this is, you know what? We might have to go back, right? Uber Warden saying, I have a 99 Cor- Corolla and could get 40 grand for it. It's not. I'm t- it's great if you're in the used car business. Yeah, it's great. But if you think about us protecting ourselves, let's just say hypothetically, because we're going to talk about how, how all of this connects today. If you were of the opinion, and it just took one thing, you're upset about them putting chips in our cars that are going to allow the government and or law enforcement officials to render the car useless. They say it's to protect people against a rogue drunk driver. It's always to save you. And let's say you get totally upset at this, at hell of it, I'm going backwards in time, right? I'm going backwards in time. I'm going to get me, you know, even before 2000, those vehicles are twice what they were before the pandemic. And you're going to be lucky if you can find them. And you know, you've got to get an automobile that you can easily, that you can easily repair. Then you go back further, even if you get that, are auto parts intake. Because of the pandemic, it has been compromised. So even getting parts are hard. See how all this works? It's all orchestrated. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Do me a favor, lift a finger and share this program. We're going to have some candid discussions as we go through. Because all of this is neatly, and not uniquely, coming to a head. First, let's talk about your money. Pay attention, even if it's just to feed your brain. I was telling somebody the other day, you got to understand how this works. And this is why I have Gold Co. in, in my program, and I, and I love them, and they're great. But I want to I share something with you that most people don't realize. So when you, when I play these little ditties for you, pay attention, forget that this is a sponsor of the program. Just pay attention for a moment. Listen to this. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies, uh, you have to force behaviors and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Yeah, they're forcing behaviors like uh, fish and farm saying he's got a 99 Ford Ranger and you love it. We're going to have to go backwards in time, folks, but these rat bastards, and that's what they are. They force us into this. I want to explain one of the cons for you. If you've never heard me say this, I want to explain just one of the cons. Here's how this fellow, hear him again. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Okay. Pay attention for a moment. Now, that guy and his cronies control all of the 401ks and retirements in America, right? That's part of why I do Gold Co., which means it has 50, 60, whatever million people's money that they, meaning you, the retiree, you can't invest it. Simple lessons in in extortion. So pay, pay attention with me, okay? So when that guy sits at the top of the pyramid and he's got... 50 million people's retirements. You have to understand what that does to a stock. 
they say, okay, we're going to buy Walmart stock. And so when they place an order, even for one share, that's 50 million shares transacted. You got it? You got to understand the math. It's 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 because it's the math that does it when you follow the money. So now this guy, Mr. Fink, walks into Doug at Walmart and says, look, you need diversity and equity and inclusion. That's what he does. And so you need a African-American woman on your board. So Doug goes, wait, you mean kind of like Elon Musk? Not that kind of African-American, you idiot. You need a black woman on your board. Okay. And so uh, Doug says, why do we do that? And this guy says, well, it's for diversity and equity and inclusion. And by the way, this black woman needs to have a penis. And you're going to tell every employee in your company, you're going to list your pronouns, you better use pronouns, and if you don't use pronouns, uh, you're going to be fired. Now, at Walmart, he could say, screw you, right? Screw you. Crystal wants to know, but Jovan, we don't want a woman with a penis. Uh, no especially if she won't shave her back, but I digress. So he goes, you're going to do, all your employees are going to do diversity and whatever, and they're going to mention it and they can fire them. And now let's say the CEO of Walmart says, screw you. I'm not doing that stuff. I don't agree with it. Now this guy, let me show you how the con works. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. So here's how he forces it. He goes, Doug, as you know, we have 50 million retirees that have Walmart as part of their portfolio. And they have uh, 10 shares apiece. And Doug, so you know, that's 500 million shares. And if you don't agree with this, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take those 500 million shares and we're going to take all of our retirees out of Walmart and we're just going to dump it in one day. Two things are going to happen. Your stock's going to crater because it's a massive sell-off and people are going, what the hell's going on? Oh, and by the way, because we're the big boys on the block, everybody's going to think we know something and we're just going to issue a little bitty press announcement that says, uh, we've decided that uh, we don't want Walmart in our retirement portfolio where we prepare for our retirees' long-term investment safety. We just decided um, we're not going to have Walmart in it and no further comment. So now all of a sudden, CEO's going, holy smokes. And then this little guy, Fink, goes, oh, by the way, that means you'll get fired. Your stock will crater. You won't make your bonus compensation package, which is in the millions and tied to your stock. And oh, by the way, when your stock craters and you're gone, we're just going to go buy it up on the cheap and we're going to have more control. So you can either play ball or you can just get your ass out of here. Remember when Barack Obama promised to fundamentally change the face of America? 
that was the fundamental change right there and it changed everything they put in obama people at the top of the nonprofit so they could donate to the blms and antifa and they put their people inside the major corporations and they pushed it down that's how the extortion works you got to understand that. And that's also why in my program, I have the fine, fine folks at Gold Co. I'm just going to ask you to pay attention because, you know, right now, none of us know what our future holds for our money. I just did a program with Clay Clark talking about the digital dollar. You have to understand so what I did, I bought a little bit of precious metals, just like gold and silver, just a percentage of my overall savings, enough to give me peace of mind. And that's why I decided to partner with Gold Co. That's why they're part of my program, been with me for a long time. But now we can kind of give you something back. If you'll go to jovanlovesgold.com and get your free gold and silver kit, I'm not telling you to buy a darn thing. I'm telling you just to take a look. And the reason I'm telling you just to take a look is because if you don't understand or know how this works, you're going to be affected. It's just that simple. You're going to be affected. And I just want you to understand it. And so fill out the form and get the free information. That's it. But there's a bonus. This kit will show you how to get into precious metals, tax-free, penalty-free. You don't get any penalties or whatever. You know, they punish you for doing anything in your retirement account. None of that happens. And so it's going to show you how to get into precious metals, tax-free, penalty-free, even if your money's still in your retirement account, like an IRA or 401k. But you need to know you may already qualify to get $10,000 in free silver. $10,000 in free silver? Yes. Now, let me tell you why that number $10,000 should anger you a bit. But you're going, Jolan, it's $10,000. $10,000, yeah. Let me tell you why it should anger you. You work your ass off and have a retirement account and a pension. You qualify because you're making a smart move. You get a $10,000 bonus. But if you were a, a legal immigrant and you break into our screwing border and you get your butt, and they're not a legal immigrant, they're they're, they're just illegal, period, aliens. And you get your ass to New York City, the mayor wants to give you $10,000 debit card. Now, that should make you freaking sick. You bust your ass and have a pension and have a retirement and you get a $10,000 bonus because you're taking care of your money and, and doing everything else. But if you're illegal and you get your butt to New York City, they're going to give you 10 grand. Are you getting what I'm saying, folks? Please go to jovanlovesgold.com. Get your free gold and silver kit because this is about taking back control, folks, of our privacy, our freedom. I can't predict the future, but I can certainly prepare for it. You should too. At the very least, you should be educated about your choices. So... Take action, defend your freedom, your privacy, and your future. And, well, do what you need to do 
to make sure your family, your kids, are prepared and you're prepared. So take action. Defend your freedom, your privacy, your future. Go to JovanLovesGold.com and get your free 2024 gold and silver kit. It's, it's so simple. Just feed your brain. And you should want to do it anyway because this is the stuff the system doesn't want you to know. It's kind of sad, isn't it? It's why, and in this episode, we're going to talk about civil war. I'm saying on all fronts, you got to prepare it. And one of your fronts you certainly have to prepare is your health. Now, here's what I do. I use Phil the Greens. It's the healthiest thing I do every single day. And I do it every single day. I want you on this journey with me. It's literally just one scoop a day. It tastes great. If you have an issue with cakes and cookies and sugars and soda and stuff like that, this stuff will solve it for you. This stuff will solve it for you. I'm telling you, it's the bomb. You just add it to water. It's not a meal replacement. All the flavors are fantastic. I have not found one yet that I don't just dig. And this stuff's well, completely improved my life. Why? Because it's nutrition the way nature intended. So here's what you need to know. I got way more energy. I feel better. My hair looks better. My skin looks better. My digestion is better. I have more time to read each day. In the little porcelain library, you know what I mean? Because if it ain't coming off, I just want you to think about this. Let's say you eat and you stuff and your big old bellies, you're looking down, you can't see Mr. Winky, you just see that tight old belly, bop, 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 bop. Think about the other end of it. If it's not, if it's not, coming out it ain't coming off it's just that simple it is common physics and biology even if you have a bonus hole fill the greens get you moving baby we got people in rumble you can ask them about it right you got people in rumble one of them's lost already 60 70 pounds so fill the greens is radically different each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital Organ health. I trust Phil the Greens to keep me healthy. You should too. And I promise you you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you a 100% money back guarantee. That's the truth. I got you 15% off your first order. Free rush shipping. Visit fillthegreens.com. Use promo code Jovan. That's promo code Jovan at fillthegreens.com. I know I digressed a bit before getting into the program today, but man, we got just so much to cover. Looks like civil wars on the horizon. We're going to do a little bit linear thinking. We're going to do some linear thinking. Share this program right now. Let's get started. Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media? 
in the gender-confused, emotional, socialist, snowflake crowd. Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. He's known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listen to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Hey, folks, welcome to Cut the Crap. Crap is merely an acronym, culture, race, and American politics, but that's the crap we live in. I want to have a very candid discussion about you, about me, about our world, about your family, your kids, your grandkids. See, I want you to know they're after us. We kind of got this zombie epidemic out there trying to sneak up on us as we're just trying to live our lives. And I want to talk to you about don't allow yourself to get infected. So here we sit in 2024. We don't recognize our world anymore. I've got a great interview coming your way with Buzz Patterson. Now, if you don't know who Buzz Patterson is, he is the fellow that carried for the president the nuclear football. That's the little bitty case that if it came to a nuke war and it opened it up, that the, you know, two people have to do and all this other stuff. Wait till you see the interview. I think it's I think it's absolutely the best discussion sh- shooting the crap that I've ever had. Great guy. But one of the things we we're talking about is our respective time at different places because our lives cross in DC and or Texas, etc. He's, you know, top military ace, etc., flyer. And at one time and in all of our careers, you know, we could have buddies, business associates that could have totally different politics than us. And it was just no damn big deal. It really wasn't. It just wasn't a big deal. You probably experienced the same thing, but something changed on us. You could have a bud, a buddy that was a raging liberal. You could have buddies that were gay. It just was no big deal. But man, after this Obama era getting into Trump, everything changed, and now everybody has to be freaking enemies. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, by the way, I just got educated on Rumble. I missed it. When your belly sticks out, that's called a dicky-doo. When your belly sticks out farther than your... Oh, okay, now I get it. I didn't know that. So a new word today. But our world has been weaponized. Friends have fallen away. And you've not only lost friends just because they had different political views. You've lost family, too. And it's ridiculous. So make sure you watch for that episode. It's an inc- incredible. Incredible. 
interview. And we're divided among party lines, and I think that's dangerous. And in many ways, we're divided among state lines, too, right? But in my career, let's see, I started doing with Susquehanna ABC Radio. I started that in 19... What would it be, 96? So what would that be? Would that be... How many years is 90, 96 ago? I'm having a brain fart. So 96, 2006, 2016. So what, 28, 26 years ago or whatever the case may be, 28 years ago, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It was when I started doing my regular talk radio gig 28 years ago. Thank you. Started off just in the Dallas-Fort Worth. We'll just call it 30 years for poops and giggles, right? And I'd always been doing television appearances, and then I rolled into my first official spot with Fox Television. Just kind of being the technology and the internet guy that every morning showing you cool sites and stuff to do, you know, when you wake up in the morning. Ashley Banfield, you know, from Court TV, she was the co-host there in the local market in Dallas. She's gone on to Court TV and stuff. And I look back and just thinking about all my time in media, you know, seven, I eventually had 700 radio affiliates across the country. My television was syndicated every, I was on every network. Hell, I was even on PBS. My show was a major hit on PBS back then. Of course, that's the show without commercials, and you do a different show for your regular terrestrial TV. But I've never seen anything like this. Now, I've always known media was liberal, but not this liberal. I've always known that the media, by the, by the news director, the news director would make a personal choice, whether to cover something or not, or whether to sensationalize something or not. But that was really the news director, right? Wasn't the station manager, wasn't the station GM or president. It was just about do your business, have good stuff, get people to tune in, rack up the numbers. You know what I'm saying? But something changed. News isn't news anymore. And the stories are pre-manufactured. I believe from all of my memory going back in time to all my media stuff, and I've been everywhere, right? All the way from 2020, you know, Good Morning America, all of that stuff. I don't think, I really don't. This is just me trying to rack my brain over this. I don't think I saw scripts come down into the newsroom where people, newsreaders just read what they're supposed to read, but where it was determined, does that, Makes sense where it was determined. And certainly I'm telling you, ABC. Now, 
I was one of these mixed blends because I controlled and owned my own show within the network. Like Oprah owns her own show within a network way back then, right? And so I could have ABC affiliates and I'd have CBS affiliates and I'd have NBC affiliates and cable affiliates and whatever because I controlled and owned my own property. They don't let you do that anymore. But ABC was cutthroat with CBS. CBS was cutthroat with NBC. I mean, they all fought. And you better not, in your story, you better have a different angle, something a little bit better than the other reporter down the street that's running for the same story. But now it's copy and paste. You're right. So something's really changed. Truly, something has really changed because everything is the same. You could even have the same story. And you got to remember back at that time, one of my partners was Below Broadcasting, which was the Dallas Morning News and all this other stuff. You could have similar stories, but you better have a different angle because there's only so many things to report about. Now you'll have the same stories word for word across all of these companies. And that's when you know it's spin. And that's when you know we've gone too far. And that's when you know nothing's real. Because it's back in the days, if you were on the street and you were a stringer or you were a reporter, you're basically knocking the hell out of the other reporter to get the other one out of the way because you want the story, not them. It's not that anymore. It's all corporately captured and owned. And that worries me. And that is some of the manifestation of what's happened over the years. And that's why when you see my intros and stuff, it talks about being on every news network and almost every paper in the country. It's because I've been at this for so long and doing it. And I started so young. Because you would look at me and go, Jovan, you only look about, what, 22, 23? How is it you have a 28-year career? But now everything's the same, spoken from everybody coast to coast. Now, if you put that into context, you understand we are being herded like cattle. Independent thought is not allowed. And if you're having any problems with the show freeze up or whatever, just hit refresh real quick. Right? But an interesting things happen at the same time. You and I can do this. Oh, you have a you want your own television network? There you go. Start streaming. See so that so at the same time the worst has happened the best has happened right at the same time. And I think that's the way God works. I think the way that's the way the whole system works, good and bad. It works in harmony. Because as they have controlled and captured all of our media, and they just regurgitate the same crap, we, on the other hand, have been set free. 
that we can talk together. And I'm I'm seeing you over Joker on on uh, Rumble, and you're right. You know, if you got ABC, NBC, local, Fox, etc., it's very good chance they're part of Sinclair Broadcasting or Below Broadcasting or Hearst or all these other ones. You're 100% right. But back in the day, even when they owned, so you have O and O's, that means owned and operated by the network. You could have 400 CBS stations, but only 10 of them were really owned by CBS. The rest of them were affiliates and got the feed. So it was the difference between O and O. But even back then, yeah, the ABC guys, part of it hated the CBS part of it. But yeah, they, they had common stations, but it was still tenuous at best. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's all changed. Scripps, you're right. Scripps Howard. By the way, you go back and look at my public filings, S1, Scripps Howard, Below, all of these guys, Hearst, Sinclair, they were all my partners. So I kind of understand this stuff. But see, I point this out because what we're about to dissect is you've got to understand at the same time evil came into being and took over. You got set free. And you might not realize it, but you got set free. And so part of when I do these comparisons is I want you to understand the power you have. And it's all at your fingertips. It's all at your fingertips, if you understand. So what I want to look at today, some of this stuff concerns me, some of the imagery we're seeing. I mean, think about it. We got this movie out there being promoted called Civil War. And you ever think Statue of Liberty would be used, reinforced, bulwark that snipers behind could be taking out people. There's a lot of symbology in this one image for this movie that's coming our way. Right? I mean, there's a lot to unpack just in that one image. That one image that stands for our freedom That one symbol that used to be when you were coming to America. Funny movie, Eddie Murphy, but not that one. And so there's a lot they're doing inside this imagery with this movie. And I do believe, yes, we're getting wagged and it's wagged the dog and whatever. So we're going to do a little bit of unpacking. Because you see, the best teacher of all is to go back in time and look, and I'll give you an example. Part of all the research we do, we have uh, a team of investigators that not only inside my own company, but I've always kept investigators on retainer because it all has to do with technology. You got to understand what the competition or anything else is doing. 
I found an interesting correlation. Every time, every single time a group of conservatives got arrested or in trouble at an event or a rally where there was Antifa or where there was Black Lives Matter, you saw an interesting phenomenon occur. You didn't see Black Lives Matter getting rounded up. You didn't see Antifa getting rounded up. You saw conservatives getting rounded up. Remember that? You're thinking, what in the hell are they doing arresting conservatives for their free speech and not arresting Antifa and BLM? So pulled back a little bit further looking at this, right? A little bit further. And I found another interesting trend. I found that when you look at organizations like Proud Boys, which was started by a leftist, and you look at some of these other ones, right? They were always there too. And so here's what here's what happened. You had good people expressing their First Amendment right and just going to support either President Trump or what was right. Then at that peaceful show of being American, you always had these groups show up. Proud Boys, BLM, Antifa, whatever. Invariably, those guys would start bickering and yelling and screaming. But when push came to shove, it was conservatives or the peaceful people that got arrested. So I'm kind of watching this going, hmm. Was that just a, a one-off? And then you start finding, you go back in time and you can find it. In those cities, you find Craigslist ads for paid demonstrators. And remember when they were bussing people in? See, our collective memory has forgotten that. But they were bussing people in. So I pull back a little bit further. And I started going, wait a minute. Why do we always have this Proud Boy stuff? And why do we always have BLM and Antifa? But it's good and well-meaning conservatives that are getting arrested. While Antifa and BLM burns building break classes and whatever. I go, something's not right here. And if you remember, they were dropping off bricks. Stacks of bricks on street. So I'm going... This isn't right. This And, and I just keep on looking at it. And I keep on looking at it. And so I'm going, who's paying to get all of these people on the street? Forget much less BLM and Antifa. Set them aside for a moment. Who in the hell is getting these proud boys 
and all of these other people to the event, not people that were just there to support President Trump at, at a rally or something, but why were they showing up too? And then it all kinds of becomes this really clear picture. Here's what happens. You see this really clear picture that as there was a really great thing going on supporting our great republic and supporting our freedoms and supporting President Trump, attention got shifted because there was always a fight and a, a, a provocateurs starting something, and it was always the same groups. And then I realized, here's what's really going on. They don't want the world to see President Trump and 50,000 people together. And so if they don't want people to believe in Trump and they don't want people to see President Trump, then what's a good way to divert people's attention, uh, 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 attention away from 50,000, 60,000 people um, gathered for Trump? Well, start a fight. And say that fight is between conservatives and liberals. So we found that common in every one of them. But you got to ask the same question of so-called conservatives that you have to ask of liberals. How are they getting there? How are they organizing this? Why are they all showing up at the same place? So then we pull it back again. And we go back looking at social media. But instead of looking at social media for Antifa or Black Lives Matter, I started looking at social media for so-called conservatives. And all of a sudden, before these events... you would see conservatives that maybe you follow that are always making threats, going to knock your glass teeth out, going to slap you down, going to beat you down. That all kind of continual rhetoric, you can go back and you can track in social media the week before the blow-up, the so-called conservative social media broadcaster, whatever you want to call it, was working their audience and the rhetoric is really high and the name calling is really high and we got to get in the streets and we got to not let them do this. All of a sudden you see a pattern and the pattern is, wait a minute, I can understand Antifa, I can understand BLM. But this is supposedly a conservative person. And one week before all of these events where conservatives got arrested is conservatives hyping this up. Right? The rhetoric hypes up. We got to get in the street. We got to break some arms. We got to break some legs. We got to hang them. All of that hyped up. Then you start looking, okay, well, if this person's hyping, 
and regular people are getting arrested, you then kind of bring that individual into focus and go, well, was that individual there? Let's just talk January 6th. Was that individual at January 6th? And come to find out that individual uh, was there. And then you go, wait a minute, they were there. And then you kind of look around that individual and you find out that those individuals got people there, innocent, Christian, God-fearing people to, quote-unquote, show up and support. Those people got arrested, but this person didn't. You begin going to go, what? Wait a minute. Saying the same thing, but these people showed up at this person's behest. They got arrested, but that person didn't? So I'm going, mm, that looks bad. So what I did is we kind of wiped the map. You know, kind of thinking, you know, just before January 6th on, and we went further back. And damned if further back, we find some really interesting things. We find these so-called conservatives in cities, in the same cities where there's always a riot, in the same city where there was always a crash, in the same city where conservatives were getting arrested, we find these, quote-unquote, same independent journalists, and they're bragging about busting out teeth, breaking legs, wearing armaments and gear, and they were in all those cities too. You just didn't know them as a quote-unquote independent journalist. You, they hadn't come to prominence yet. And I'm going, holy smokes. Holy smokes. You go back a little further, and you can start seeing them at a different events, and they're carrying guns, like, you know, ARs. No big deal. It's your right. Dressing in camo, dressing in gear, baklavas, hiding their face. And you start to see all of these things, and they start to make it crystal clear. And then when you look at it, go, are there any other occurrences like this? Then you find out, well, kind of strangely, they came to prominence in a conservative movement out of nowhere. And then you kind of start looking, okay, well, what did this person do in the conservative uh, movement. And if you look at them in the conservative movement, you see they were kind of heralded as a hero or kind of heralded as having evidence against Antifa or evidence like Antifa and Coomer. And you look at that evidence and then all of a sudden these quote unquote prominent people were dropped into legal cases. We're just kind of tying these things together. So now I'm bringing it into the movement. All the things before show, wait a minute, they, they just happened to agitate one week before everything. They just happened to be there 
It just happened that good conservative people got arrested. They encouraged people to be there. They were there. They didn't get arrested. I mean, just all these coincidences. Okay, before they were known, you're still seeing them at all of these cities like Portland and all these other cities. And then if you just kind of set that aside and look at them in the movement and you take them and then you look at, oh, I'm a conservative and I'm here to help you. And they get dropped into legal cases because supposedly they have evidence. And then another very funny thing happens. When you look at what's the status of those legal cases, what happened, all of those cases, not only did they get tossed, they had perpetual leaks of their information. And the attorneys got indicted, sanctioned, and sued to oblivion. But not that one same common person. I'm going, this, it, there are no coincidences here. How can these people always be at these riots before? How can these people be at the riots after, you know, during January 6th and after? Why are they always promoting rhetoric a week before, very violent, very whatever, not never getting in trouble for it, but good people getting arrested because they showed up? And then you get here, and then you look at the cases, and all of those cases went to crap, and there were perpetual leaks and trash and whatever, and those people, and the attorneys get indicted, federally indicted, but these people still here stand. And that's when it all really began to click. To really, how is this machine operating? How is this machine getting us triangulated? How is this machine getting us compromised? How is this machine getting control. Now, one of the things they've now gained control of, whether you like it or not, folks, is the audit business. Remember, there was no election audit or election auditors. There, there was no such a thing. We got done because of you. You're the hero. We got done what we got done in Arizona because of you. And everybody realized, wow, you can find out a lot of things. And now there's this whole industry now of so-called now election auditors and integrity people. And they're running around to every county, every state, every precinct, holding meetings. Here's how it works. Get rid of the machines. We'll do it for you. We've got the plan. We've got the program. Donate to me. We're going to help you do it. We're going to teach you what to do. And it has nothing to do with what really can be done. And it has nothing to do with what really can be found. And it has nothing to do with creating real evidence. But they're in every freaking precinct. 
And so that movement has now come from out of nowhere all the way made this morph, and now they're sitting right smack dab into what you care about the most, and that's getting election integrity done and getting this crap fixed. Coincidence? I think not. So what I want to do is I want to kind of do a little analyzation. And I'm going to do a follow-up program. I'm going to do a follow-up program because early on in December of 2020, I got infiltrated. Other people got infiltrated. Mike Lindell got infiltrated. I tend to see these things very quick, so I cut off I cut off one faction that attached to me, which, by the way, is heading up part of these election integrity groups now. And then I cut off another faction, which happened to be a UK secret service and nailed that on. Bang. Nailed it fast. And it was all compromise stuff to get people embedded. So I understand how this works. Because the system works on they've got it if you if you want to think about if you want to throw an election you got to have the information you got to have the data right it's not the if the machines just change the vote just change the damn vote you're not going to look at the ballots anyway why do they have the ballots because it's about the ballots not the machines that's why they had to dump so many mail ballots That's why they need extra days to count because they got to make up the ballots underneath. That's why adjudication suspending ballots went through the roof. It's all about the paper. But where does the system want you? No, it's the machines, it's the machines, it's the machines over here. Well, part of these bad actors are cut off are now right in the middle of it's the machines business. Let's do this. And then the other side's telling you, eh, papers are graft. So as I look at all this information and I I look at what's going on and I look at all the coincidences because this British agent was also spending time with Lynn Wood and others we've talked about. And I'm going back, looking at this and go, holy smokes. So now here it is, you know, three plus years later, almost four, it's very clear to be able to see all these patterns. Now, the question is, can we avoid them? And are we strong enough to hold ourselves to an account to not let this happen to America? Now, I can tell you the left is freaking out because we're talking about this. And I've always told you, they are coming after us. Who has told you they're not after me, they're coming after you? President Trump, another person that's always told you they're coming after you. They're coming after you. It's the truth. And it's part of why they hate President Trump. So I get to looking at at what's going on, and I get to look at this movie, and we're going to look at it in just a second. And you pay attention, you pay attention to what the media does. Back when I busted out, the Sharpie was a hack with the paper. 
I told you, look, they push Sharpies on everyone. It's not the right paper. It creates bleed through. And just to give you a top level, it affected, we'll just call it 140,000 ballots. But on those 140,000 ballots, the machines read and saw and visualized 2.9 million extra votes that shouldn't have been there. That's how it confuses the machine. Now, I told you that. Where did the press go? The press told you you can't find anything in the ballots. Where else did the press go? Oh, the paper was absolutely right. That's a conspiracy. It was all the right paper. Maricopa County put out it was the right paper. Maricopa County put out that they didn't use different papers when the paper company itself that manufactures it was telling us that's a lie. They didn't because the paper company didn't want to get in trouble. And then, as I'm telling you about how, here's how the Sharpies do it. Here's what they're doing. It's a suspend time hack. You had, quote unquote, conservative broadcasters telling, ah, it's a grift. It's not true. It's just a grift, a grift, a grift, a grift. Well, then I look back because Sharpie Gate became a thing. Everybody talked about it. Every news network, every single news network, every single liberal paper in the country wrote stories saying Sharpie Gate wasn't real. Now, why would you do that if it was just bullshit? Think about that. Why would you do that if it was just bullshit? You know, and I know we were never supposed to use Sharpies. It's forbidden. But then they do it. And so my team and I, we bust this out. There is a thing called Sharpie Gate. Here it is. Then, quote-unquote, conservative broadcasters, the same ones that I was telling about early, all of a sudden started saying, Jovan's a grift, it's not real, it's not whatever. And so when you started saying, wait a minute, how do you know Sharpie Gate's not real? How do you know the Sharpies don't do it? They started saying, because the voting companies sent one of their experts to meet with me and they said it's complete crap and here's why now at that point in time these so-called guys were going to do their own audit now you got to ask a question why would quote-unquote the voting companies specifically send somebody to educate a broadcaster just a broadcaster, a podcaster on, well, Sharpie Gate's not real, and here's why. And that's their, what, what they're standing on. This is why, because they came and they did a presentation, and they showed me how it's not real. Doesn't that stink to you? Because the first thing you got to ask is, why would the voting companies come do that? Then you go to the next leap, go, wait a minute, you said the voting companies came to you. You said the voting companies told you that uh, this was a piece of crap and here's how it is. But wait a minute. Didn't you have a lawsuit against the voting company? Don't you say the voting company's bad? Didn't you have some steaming, incredible, wonderful evidence against the voting company? Why would they come talk to you? You see how it begins to fall apart? And that's when I realized, man, you want to talk about the deception we're in. And I'm telling everybody, vote on election day, use a blue pen only. 
the system's telling you, no, you got a boat, you got to, you got to, got a boat with a sharpie. But ask yourself, if these guys or groups were fighting the very voting companies, do you think the voting companies would send an expert to them to sit down with them and say, here's why Sharpie Gate's not real? Does that even make any sense to you at all? And then you begin to see through all of this cloud of crap. And then you see them out there now promoting the solution, the road shows, the tour. And it's all crap. And so I decided on this thing about maybe we're being pushed to civil war. Is the media kicking in high gear for that? Well, as a matter of fact, the media is kicking in. Conspiracy theorists think A24's civil war is actually programming Americans to civil war. See, I look at it this way. If you're moving the needle and you're talking about stuff they don't want you to talk about, then the system's going to get all over you and try to counterbalance you. But if you don't matter, well, you know what? Then you just don't matter. And so you're just kind of an invisible blip. And so now the media is kicking up trying to say that, ah, we're just saying this in our head. We're just seeing it in our head. It's not really true. Okay. So I decide I'm going to dig in and I'm going to find out about A24. Let's just look at this one movie. Let's just look at this one movie and the landscape of 24. Well, comes to find out, comes to find out, I say, I say, I say comes to find out. Anyway, <laughs> A24 is an independent studio. They normally make movies that have like a $5 million budget. $7 million budget is a, a big one for them. But for this movie out of somewhere. And you know, they you know, they have a, a 5 million dollar budget, maybe they make 3 films a year, 4 films a year. That would be a pretty fast cycle, right? So let, let's just give them giggles and say they get 7 million a film, they don't. But let's just say they got 7 for each one and they shoot four and they got their 28 million dollars in as a company. Well, this movie got $75 million. Not seven, which was kind of their high, seven, seven and a half, $75 million for this imagery. And so they're coming after us. And what I'm trying to do is to make sure you don't get infected. So let's take a look. And we're going to look at it from two angles. Is that okay? We're going to look at it from the first trailer to the second trailer. Okay. Citizens of America. First trailer to the second trailer. 
I'm going to show you the first one first, which started back in December of 23. Let's look at these through the optic. We'll watch them twice. Let's look at these through the optic of, you know, they're stirring it up. And those of you who've seen this with me, let's go to the next level. What's the big difference of what they're pushing now as we get closer to the release date? What are they, what are they upping the stakes in? What words are they upping the stakes in? But here's trailer one. Citizens of America. People of the Florida Alliance. You gotta and the Western forces of Texas and Okay. I'm going to give you just a way to look at it. Let's go back to December 23. Who was in the news the most when it comes to the conservative movement in December of 23? That's right. DeSantis. Now listen. Citizens of America. People of the Florida Alliance. You gotta move! And the Western forces of Texas and California. Will be welcomed back to these United States as soon as their illegal secessionist government is deposed. What was really hot in the news October through November? People were trying to encourage Texas to succeed. Texas was in the news because Texas wasn't having part of this crap. Words matter. Citizens of America. People of the Florida Alliance. You gotta move! And the Western forces of Texas and California. Will be welcomed back to these United States as soon as their illegal secessionist government is deposed. You don't know what side they're fighting for. Someone's trying to kill us. We are trying to kill them. Okay, so there's the most current. And you see a lot of name dropping going on. Whistle patriotically, patriotic song. Now let's just go a little further back. This is what they're pushing now. Let's go a little further back. What were they pushing initially? 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Okay. Three-term president, 19 states seceding. 
All of these have a, a, a tend leaning factor. The lady says, well, we don't pay attention to the news. What do you say today? We don't pay attention to the news. Why was that important to this trailer? Because they know we're not paying attention to the news. We know the news is crap, right? But what do you have now? Here's a little girl that doesn't know a whole civil war is raging. Why? Because she doesn't pay attention to the news. The guy in the know that knows crap's coming, you need help. What does he do? Well, he pays attention to the news. Get it? 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. Bloody. Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! Move, move, move! You're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Go, 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 go! God bless America. So all the chatter online, if we just go back to the last year, states should succeed. Now, the reason I told you about the bad actors within the conservative movement, and I kind of connected it for you about how they were actually in the middle of the Antifa stuff, how they were in the middle of the BLM stuff, if you were to go back in their social media, they're all saying at that time, leading up to even this trailer, the states need to succeed.
You get it? It's all predictive programming. And in quote-unquote conservative media, instead of saying, stand steady, stand strong, stay on truth, let's stay focused on what we've got to stay focused on, everybody's talking in their groups about, we got to succeed, we got to succeed, we got to succeed. And it also coincides with buying says, we don't have to worry about people succeeding or whatever, we got jets. Do you remember that? And so now you have all of this working in the form of predicting programming. Now, when that trailer was made, which was spring 23, spring 23, getting ready for the promotion, which would start in December. I'm going back to how the studios approve it. What did our government come out with and what were they pushing? That what we, we are the domestic terrorist. That you're either on the right side of history or not. Now, you have to understand the movie green light was in 21 the scripting was the end of 21 through 22 with how our hotbed changes every day how did they get the script right the words right the topics right really before people started hard talking about it. Was that writer just seeing the future and absolutely brilliant? Oh my God, that's exactly what people are saying. Or were they writing it, knowing what they needed to happen, while at the same time, you've got operatives seeding those words into your noggin? Just asking the question. Just asking the question. You're right, Noskins. Six, six, six months ago, illegals would be required into the military as a path of citizenship. Nothing happens by coincidence. But when you understand the movie business, oh, by the way, Single largest funded movie of this company. But the distribution and the distribution syndication that got it all into the theaters is a UK company. Now, they usually fight for that stuff. To be the releasing company is a battle. We want the releasing rights. Now, this company... And interesting things happened. They were usually a small company, small screens, limited opening. None of the big carriers carry it. This movie, 10 times the budget in one movie and opening on every screen. Funded out of the UK. 
distributed out of the UK. Yet, we just go back a little bit. How did they get so ahead of the curve to talk about succession? What kind of American are you? Domestic terrorist? Because every bit of it is predictive programming. And that's why the media is freaking out. And that's why the media has to push back on this crap. Because they know you're getting wise. They know you understand what you're seeing. They also didn't believe that Trump would rally and, quote, unquote, come president again. A lot of the system banked it was going to be DeSantis, but he couldn't pull it off. And so now you're seeing the media push back on it. Part of why they're pushing back is because we're right. Because we now know how to see what they're doing to our brains. But you got to understand, this is a thing called a push-pull. You have to understand what's going on. And by the way, this was at the same release, same time, hyped together with the Obama movie called Leave the World Behind, where there is an unexpected event that starts taking out cell phones, communications, and everything in the movie, if you saw it. They were trying to say, maybe it's a solar flare. I don't know. Have we been attacked? What is it? But something happened that disrupted all communications, bigger than has ever happened before. What just happened this week? Are we seeing the testing of it? But here it is. And so the media is already pushing back on it. Now, you got to understand they have other pressure points. And they're working these pressure points very hard. Okay? They are working these pressure points exceptionally hard. Because remember, not everybody moves for the same reason. Not everybody moves for the same reason. So they've got to find your particular pressure point. That's why they need so many different operatives. You got to have some that are tough and horrible. You got to have some, I'll kick butt, cooking a glass tea. You got to have some, oh, praise Jesus, praise. They, they have to appeal to everybody. But they have to do pressure points as far as you can see. Let me show you some of the pressure points that are being deployed. And I'll show it to you through the eyes of New York of how this works and why they've let certain people into the country. Assaults and robberies. Both are rising now that organized gangs are operating in New York City and police say there could be hundreds of criminals out there and they have... By the way, one thing. As you watch this, I told you that Buzz Patterson's a guest of mine on an upcoming episode. You 
realize he had his own bedroom in the White House, his own office in the White House, because he's carrying the nuclear football. I asked him the question, who's really running this behind the scene? And is this Obama's third term? You're going to wait, make sure you tune into that one. You're going to be floored. No way of stopping them all. They walked across the border for a better life, but now they are walking out in handcuffs after police say their American dream was to commit crime. Police say a gang terrorized New Yorkers, robbing them and then hacking their phones to drain bank accounts of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Surveillance video shows the moment two masked men broke into the back of a Bronx bodega, walked up to the register and made off with $100,000 cash. I think all the crimes getting worse right now. I think, I mean, especially with the bikes and the mopeds and the scooters, everyone's riding around. Police say this is one part of one migrant gang, and there are others. According to the police commissioner, the city is in the middle of a crime wave. And it's gang-related. Now, although some of the gangs are made up, apparently, of asylum seekers, what nobody's talking about is there's other high-profile gang-related activity being orchestrated by gangs of New Yorkers as well. We're talking everything from cell phone theft to pickpocketing. A crime spree involving bodegas has seen certain businesses lifted for over $100,000. And the next time you're out at a bar and someone attractive approaches you and talks to you, they could be targeting you for some crimes that are so so heinous, it makes me think it's probably not even safe to go out at night here. On top of that, some of the asylum seekers who've been caught up in this may have been exploited by gang leaders the police are now looking for. But before we get into why this is happening and how much damage is being done to the city, it's important to understand that many of the criminals who have been caught have already been controversially released without bail. So they're still out there somewhere for some reason. But what's alarming is that when last year ended, overall levels of crime in the city were down. There was a 12% decrease in extremely violent types of crime, but the reduced crime trend has reversed. And what most people don't know is that since 2019, overall crime in the city is up 32%. Which means one out of every three New Yorkers are now more likely to be involved in some sort of incident. And the types of incidents happening now are unlike anything I've ever seen. So this right here might look like your typical New York City apartment building, but Inside buildings just like this, there are gangs operating and using them as hideouts. Inside, you'll find illegal apartments full of the tools needed to commit modern crime. Stuff for hacking, stealing identity, reprogramming phones. And authorities think there could be hundreds of these gang operations hidden throughout the city that they haven't even discovered yet. But the mayor has made it clear that the gang activity we're talking about does not represent the majority of asylum seekers, many of whom have come here seeking a better life without the intent to commit crime. How did these migrants end up on the wrong side of the law police say it did not happen overnight and that they are organized criminals police say a ringleader of the group has been recruiting migrants who recently arrived in the city to do his dirty work he even had a so-called inside man what a crazy operation there's all these people involved there's a ringleader and apparently he was able to lure asylum seekers into his operation and what's crazy is they even had their own it person inside the apartment helping them break into all the stolen phones and the police raid was pretty intense they showed up pre-dawn, tons of people, body armor, equipment. There were a lot of guys, and they went into that place when everybody was asleep and arrested them. Police say a gang terrorized New Yorkers. Here, a thief on a moped steals a purse, but most importantly, a phone. The phone is then hacked to drain the person's bank accounts. This one pattern has nearly 150 victims. So apparently, 
These folks were part of a moped-related crime spree. That's how they would get the valuables and the phones. They'd ride up on one of these illegal mopeds that the police have since confiscated, and there would be two riders. There's the driver, and then there's the snatcher, and the snatcher would grab whatever they were trying to steal, and the driver would worry about driving away. It's very scary, and especially a lot of these are electric, and if they're electric, they're not going to make any noise when they approach you on the street. So if you have AirPods or some sort of headphone in, you're not going to have any indication that they're coming until it's too late. Apparently, one person was seriously injured when their purse was grabbed, and the riders attempted to flee the scene while they were still hanging on. And the scariest thing about all this is if somebody steals your purse or your wallet or even your phone, that's your whole life. You got your bank account in there. You got all this stuff that in the name of convenience is on one device. But if people take that one device, everything's here. It's really sad. But it wasn't the ringleader who was out riding around on one of these mopeds. Believe it or not, that he has his own IT guy in there, apparently, breaking into the phones. Police arriving to this apartment building where the suspects allegedly rent rooms inside an apartment. Once police hit the apartment door, they say the... So it seems like the leader of this whole operation ended up recruiting people who otherwise would have been living in the city's shelters. That's terrible. But before we continue uncovering what these guys were up to and how many of their counterparts are still out there, in a sense, the leader of this thing was looking for for people to exploit. Over 170,000 asylum seekers have come to New York City, and he was able to find vulnerable individuals in that population. Doesn't mean they're innocent, but it does mean he was offering them something very enticing. But one of the problems with this is police and the government here don't have a whole lot of warning of who these folks might be in advance of them committing a crime. They're essentially ghost criminals. No criminal history, no photos, no cell phone, no social media. Sometimes we're even unclear on a name or a date of birth. So apparently with local criminals, police can learn a lot about them based on where they might have grown up, what their online activity is like, where they went to school. Most Americans are already in the system to an extent, but somebody who just got here and has limited paperwork to begin with, maybe they're not. And since New York is a sanctuary city, they don't cooperate with the federal government, which, as we'll soon find out, could be limiting the amount of information the police have to make these arrests and find out who the bad guys are in the first place. But shockingly, a number of suspects who were arrested are also released without bail. And the reason police are searching for the ringleader is because he was arrested previously on a grand larceny charge, but also released without bail. And he wasn't apprehended in this police raid, and he's still out there on the loose. It's great that we're catching the bad guys, but if we just then turn around and release them and they go back to doing what they were doing. The city's not exactly any safer, and critics say this soft-on-crime approach is why local gangs of New Yorkers are doing stuff that might be even worse. So here we have your typical New York City bodega, deli, convenience store, whatever you want to call it. It might not look fancy, might not look like much. Perhaps you think they're just in here selling sandwiches, making pineapple juice, but to criminals, a place like this could be more valuable to hit up than an actual bank. Surveillance video shows the moment two masked men broke into the back of a Bronx bodega, walked up to the register, and made off with $100,000 cash. One of the men wearing a hooded... That's insane. $100,000. Now, experts are saying that it was probably a week's worth of sales from the entire store. But the criminals made away with all that money in cash without getting caught. And apparently, if the criminals were to have tried to rob a bank, their chances of a successful robbery would have been 60%. And typical damages from a mob modern bank robbery are around $10,000. So this was 10 times more than they would have got from a bank. There was probably a safe or something that they were able to break into. And it sounds like it was full and hadn't been emptied in quite some time. And as you'll see from the footage, the robbers definitely knew what they were doing. One of the men wearing a hooded jacket can be seen rummaging through compartments until he finds the money, stuffs it in a backpack, and leaves. 
A lot of the times they get away with $5,000, $10,000. That's not a story. So as you can see from the hoods and the masks, this gang of criminals, they were professionals and they had inside knowledge. We think they knew that money was in there and they knew how to get in. So there's the little deli on the corner, but you can tell the storefront goes back here. And what do we have? Over here, we've got a couple of windows. Now these look pretty secure, but it seems that there was a back door entrance, which is common in buildings like this. And that's what they were able to breach and enter the business. This particular deli doesn't have one, but there's another one down the street that does right around the corner from the main. This one, it looks like they walled it all off, probably for security reasons. And as you can see from the footage, they deliberately decided not to go in the building's front door. They went in the back to attract as little suspicion as possible, and it doesn't seem like any alarm or anything went off, because if it had, they probably would have been moving a little bit quicker. According to the NYPD, it happens sometime between 11 p.m. on Sunday and 5 a.m. on Monday at Los Castillos Mini Market on University Avenue. Owner Carlos Castillo was away on vacation when he got back, he found that the place had been ransacked. And how did they know the owner hadn't yet gone to the bank? Maybe one of the workers tipped him off that the owner wasn't around. Which means this heist could have been an inside job or maybe a delivery worker. They get deliveries of beverages and food and supplies. Maybe they delivered a lot and they knew what was going on and knew the owner was going to be out of town. Either way, it was definitely not a random smash and grab type attack. A lot of thought went into what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. On top of that, the back entrance that they went to, it was way less obvious than this little place. In fact, it was wasn't visible at all from the street. They must have known what they needed to do in order to get in here. The thieves went around the corner, down the stairs, through a back alley, and pried open this metal door with a six-foot crowbar to gain entry. Now, I've been in basements in a building interior before, and when you go down in there, it's not like there's just one door. There's a whole bunch of doors. Some could lead to apartments, some could lead to the businesses, some could lead to the basement, but they only broke in to the one door they needed to access to get inside the deli. They didn't go into the wrong door they knew where to go but there's no ultimate confirmation as to who these people were who these people weren't my guess with the amount of insider knowledge these guys had that allowed them to commit their crime in the first place we're probably talking about local criminals here but the next gang the police caught wasn't targeting local bodegas no no they were targeting the rich in Lower Manhattan, targeted by a criminal crew setting its sights on people who are drunk. Yeah, police say that crew would lure in men, then clean them out, then spend six figures on luxury products. So, as you can imagine, there are a lot of bars and restaurants all over Manhattan. Around 10,000 of them in total. And since there's a lot of wealthy people who go to these places, if you're a criminal, each bar is a potential location for you to spot a victim. And when someone's at a bar or restaurant, they're trying to have a good time, their guard is down. And what you've got here is your classic honeypot scheme. You're at one of these places and an attractive stranger approaches to you, they seem interested, and they are interested, but not for the reasons you might think. They have been removing cell phones and credit cards. Once they get the victim's property at high-end stores, as well as Apple, where they have been running up charges upwards of $100,000 to $200,000 per incident. Okay, that's insane. $200,000 in multiple incidents? That's double the bodega heist. Except this time, the customer was targeted at a lounge like this 
for being rich. The New York Times refers to these people as the Grinch boys, and apparently what they were doing, after robbing somebody, there's a 24-hour Apple store right here in the city, and they would go there with their credit cards and buy a whole bunch of stuff and then sell that stuff later. They were robbing people at 2 a.m. and buying iPhones at 3 a.m. And there was a terrible amount of sophistication that went into this operation, including how they selected who they thought was rich. Prosecutors say Pomales was a ringleader. He allegedly directed women to chat up men and gain their trust before robbing them. I was intoxicated, also very tired. I'm pretty sure that's why I was targeted by those two women. So it sounds like the way the gang operated was they would have their female operatives already inside the bar when victims started showing up. Which, to the unsuspecting victims, would not seem out of the ordinary at all. It probably looked like the after-work crowd or girls' night out or just an average evening in the city. Nothing suspicious about this. And after striking up a casual conversation, they could figure out what this person does for a living, how much they make, where they live, who they're hanging out with. They know everything about you. To the victims, they're buying drinks, chatting up attractive singles, but the crooks are waiting until they get drunk and then they're gonna rob them. And what's frightening about this is there are so many ways that could happen. It could be as simple as lifting someone's credit card when they're not paying attention, doing the same thing to their phone when they're not paying attention, or leaving with them and going to another location and then either having one of your thug friends rob them when they're out on the street walking or wait till they bring you to their apartment and then rob them when you're there. Detectives say once they marked a target, women would get them to leave a bar, go somewhere else, take their belongings, and spend as much money before the victim realized what happened. By the time I left the bar and was trying to get back to my new apartment, uh, they were able to get my wallet and they had my phone. Now, what's crazy about this type of scheme is it's probably way more common than just this one story. I mean, think about it. We're all essentially a walking bank. But there's something about this particular crime that made the gang easy to find. According to the New York Times, the criminals were active on social media, where they would brag about how much money they were stolen and how rich they were. But that brings up the issue of New York City's sanctuary status. And how are the police supposed to find criminals if they have no way of identifying them or using the internet to track them down? The answers to these questions are not reassuring. in crime has some wondering if bills signed into law under Mayor de Blasio that prevent the NYPD from cooperating with U.S. immigration and customs enforcement should be reconsidered. Huh, so it sounds like some of the laws on the books in New York City that are not necessarily recent, they're why the police are having a really tough time with some of the gang activity and the normal tough amount of time with some of the other gang activity. The ex-mayor in question here, Bill de Blasio, is a former progressive two-term mayor of New York. And look, I'm all for separation of powers, but the question that a lot of people have is, how is New York City supposed to use information the federal government may have about violent criminals who could be in the city if they're not allowed to talk to the government? The laws in question removed ICE agents from certain police-related activities and from certain city correctional facilities. And it limited the NYPD's cooperation with ICE only to situations that were putting the general public in immediate danger. Since there's no longer any cooperation with immigration, if the NYPD apprehends somebody who's wanted by federal authorities. Whereas before these laws were passed, they may have held that person and then turned them over to ICE. Now, that does not happen. There's no cooperation. They just release them and it's up to ICE to track them down. Now, yes, New York City is a sanctuary city and these laws were designed to prevent unnecessary or unfair deportations in the eyes of officials at the time. But because of the rising crime, people are now talking about rolling some of these back so that the police can have more information to keep the city safe. These sanctuary city policies are ridiculous. They're impeding our law enforcement, our officials. They're 
making those same law enforcement officials less safe, and by consequence, they're making all of us less safe. So the issue here is that when somebody enters the country, the federal government checks them out, processes them, but then when they come to New York and make a shelter request, part of that process starts all over again. And that's why controversial policies like the idea of creating ID cards for people who've entered the country, those don't sit well with everybody, but they would give the NYPD more information because, hey, you could have to present this ID. Now, I'm not advocating for that system, but a lot of times the NYPD's going in blind when they encounter somebody, which is why it might be a good idea to start cooperating with the federal government. But according to the New York Post, not only are many of these suspects free without bail, they're referring to these criminals as ghost perpetrators who swap identities with other criminals and have multiple aliases they can use anytime. Which means not only are New York City's lax court laws making it easy for people to get away with no consequences, once they're back out on the street, they could claim to be anybody and go on as they were. And on top of that, some of the criminals caught in the nightclub extortion schemes, they're back out on the streets too, and they're local New Yorkers. Which makes it seem like criminals are taking advantage of New York's laws. Laws that were designed to make sure that people, no matter who they are or where they're from, are not unfairly treated by our justice system and incorrectly prosecuted. But should those be rolled back? Do we have too many of them to begin with? How would you fix the asylum crisis here? Let me know. Thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next video. Okay. What you just watched is called a push-pull. And I'm going to explain to you in closing how this works. He said, are illegals coming to the cities to take advantage of the laws? Yes. But the laws are written so they can get what they need out of the illegals. Here's why. Let's just step back and look at the elements. Millions coming across our border, unID'd, unknown. We know we have terrorists that's come across. We know we have Chinese fighters, Syrian fighters, Yemeni, fight, Yemeni fighters, etc. That's by design. But we also know that the countries are emptying their prisons and telling them, get your butt to America. So we're getting criminals. Now, when the criminals get in, they start their operations. But the cities have now gone with no cash bail. And we're not going to prosecute those crimes, which means the criminal stays on the street, which means the criminal keeps robbing. And it will get worse. At the same time, people are saying defund the police. Racism. Now, why is it a push-pull? Because people are getting fed up with the crime. People are getting fed up with the illegals. Either way, either way, you're either telling the government, do your damn job, or you're telling the government, save me, save me, save me. We're caught right in between. Because, see, you either fall to your knees begging the government to save you because you think the government's going to be your savior or you're pissed at the government and you begin to attack, either way, the government gets what it wants. If you go nuts and ballistic and play into their hand, you've gotten infected and we're going to lose our Second Amendment and we're going to lose our freedoms and we're going to go to a social credit score because now they've got to score us because we're domestic terrorists. If you beg for the government to come save you and inoculate you and give you the 
vaccine prophylactic, then you're owned too. Either way, we're owned. What's the cure? You and your finger. I know it sounds too simple, but they absolutely know most people will never pick up a finger to share. Because you've been afraid about who you follow. You've been afraid of getting banned on social media. You getting afraid of being labeled as one of those conservatives. And that's where the fear shuts you down. And the more people they have shut down, the further their plans go. You are the only cure. All these people telling you there's a backup military, don't worry, they've got it, is designed to make you stand down. All of these people tell you, don't worry, President Trump's in control, we got it, we're just, is designed to make you stand down because people are inherently lazy. Here's what I'm telling you. You have to understand how this works. You've got to have a backup plan. You've got to get greedy about taking care of your family because we're at war, folks. We're at war. We'll give you a backup plan, but it requires work. It's not the government dole, folks. It's not going to happen by itself, but we'll give you an exit plan. But all of this is designed to push us to the brink. Now, if both of their agendas is to push us to the brink, what is it we need to not allow to happen? Pushing us to the brink. Which means we must play this calm. This is different times, different tactics, and they require different methodologies. See, just like my discussion with President Trump when we're sitting down face to face and he said, how did I get in in 2016, 2016? I said, sir, because they, they didn't have the math that would show people would get off their butt. They were playing the odds of historical data. And right now they're playing the odds of historical data and you're back into the same place. And the very same thing that put Donald J. Trump in because you got off your butt and you activated for a vote, not rioting, for a vote, expressing your opinion, is the same thing that's going to save us today. The identical thing that's going to save us today. Truth, transparency, calmness, and express it through your vote, and express it through your patience. Because, see, either way they win if they push us to the brink, if they hurt us over the cliff. And that's why I showed you at the very beginning how you've got conservative people marching you to that cliff. And that's what they're here to do. And you are being set up on every side, just like I showed you. They have, they have a win either way it goes. They have a win either way it goes. Don't play into their plan. Inoculate yourself against it. It's Right now, it's being calm and methodical. Yes, you should protect your home. Yes, you should armor men up and have food. But if you'll take care of yourself and if you'll help other people take care of themselves, we'll all be in a place to take care of ourselves. But bitching, complaining, and threatening, punch out glass teeth, get in the street, cut their heads off, drag them off, that's designed to set you up and to push you over the edge. Do not 
Let them do that. You inoculate yourself against this with the truth. Be calm. Don't allow them. Don't give them the pleasure. I love you all. Share this program and fight this fight. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority, and we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Jovan Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week, and between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? Think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to makewokegobroke.click. Yes, dot click. Makewokegobroke.click. Makewokegobroke.click and do it now. Jovan HuttonPulitzer.locals.com is the only place a true patriot can stay informed, free of charge, without censorship. Over 18.5 million plays, it's Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. It's absolutely a government triangulation. They are literally putting Mike Lindell in the crosshairs. They get to choose 250 ballots of their choosing. Now you have the facts and the information to educate them and to open their eyes to what's really happened. Even I had no idea how dirty they play this game of censorship until I lost my social media. If you consider yourself to be a true patriot, it would be a crime not to visit jovanhuttonpulitzer.locals.com today. I guarantee you, you will absolutely be the smartest patriot in the room. Poll watching for voter suppression? That's so 60 years ago, but hey, groovy man. Or you can choose to open your eyes. We've been fighting the same voting rights and integrity crap for over 60 years. The only thing that has changed is now they totally control our elections and technology makes it easier for them. We've been taught to spend our time looking here when we really should be looking here and here and here. Watching for voter intimidation? Watch what happened at polling places? Yeah, right. Would you even know an election hack if you saw one? We all know the government tactic of, hey, look over here, folks, when the deception really takes place over here. The GOP brags about 80,000 poll watchers. Again, groovy, man. But so 60 years ago, the problem is we have 175,141 voting precincts. That's an average of one 
one single poll watcher, not even at half of the places people can vote. Not too groovy, is it? Change with the time, folks. Time for a technology and knowledge base upgrade. Quit falling for falling short. Stand up, stand out, and become an election integrity expert. Your county, not country, your county needs you. You have to upgrade to stay ahead. While you're busy challenging an individual voter, the system is stealing and compromising every vote. Remember this quote? I did not see evidence of fraud that would have affected the outcome uh, of the election. Yeah, it's because you keep looking for that one-off bad voter. Or you can save your country and take on the whole corrupt system. Become an election integrity expert. It is everything the system, the deep state, and the uniparty does not want you to know. America is burning down right before our eyes. Grab a fire axe and join the firefight. Fireaxe.academy is an audio and visual-based online training program which will transform you into a real election integrity expert. Learn hundreds of ways our elections are rigged, broken, undermined, and stolen right under our noses. But you can't fix what you have no ideas broken. Being blind and ignorant is exactly what the system wants. Fight the system. Break the system. Become a fire axe and cut through the crap. Or, if we keep pulling ourselves looking here, then there is no way we can stop ourselves from arriving here. You don't need a 60-year-old black-and-white TV set to see clearly in black and white how our elections are rigged and stolen. Join the fight to save America. Sign up for fireaxe.academy today. Time is running out. Fireaxe.academy 